Is diversity and inclusion also a hot theme in your organization? And how are you dealing with this? Are you having discussions about more females at the top? Or how you can make toilets accessible for all? For females, males, disabled people, trans people, and other persons? Or, how, or does diversity and inclusion mean more to you? Did you know that inclusion can bring a lot of advantages to your organization? Done well, your organization becomes more successful. You're a better employer and you're, it's more easy to attract talented people. And you're more resilient towards the future. Today I speak with Tessa Boss. We both work for the same networking organization called Impact. And diversity and inclusion is really in her veins. In her childhood, she lived in the multicultural part of Harlem, where she learned about the true value of diversity. Also, she spent over a decade in South Africa, where she grasped the importance of inclusion. As a professional change maker, she now teaches organizations how they can embrace diversity, what it actually means, and also to become fully inclusive. Tessa explains it's not easy. It's like a, a lifelong journey, uh, but an incredibly important one for change makers and leaders. It's the only way forward if you really want to become that sustainable society. <laughs> Welcome, Tessa. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Could you tell us a, bit, a little bit about yourself? Of course. Um, first of all, it's lovely to be here. I'm very excited to be chatting to you um, on your podcast. Um, I mean, your podcast is all about change makers. So um, let me kind of start by saying that um, I, I guess I work as an independent uh, change maker. Um, not that I'm, um, I'm under the illusion that I bring that much change, but, um, it is what drives me. Um, mm -hmm. I think what it is that I try to work on is, um, you know, creating a world that, that works. Um, and I mean, that's huge, right? I get that. That's huge. Um, but I guess that is also why it's, uh, it's of so much interest to me. I mean, yes. the world is such a big, complex um, system. And I find myself and I've always found myself thinking about that question, like, how do you make it work in this huge complexity? And um, and where that's taken me is that I do quite a lot of work around um, inclusion. Um, and um, yeah, and that's, I, I guess... That's a good starting point. Um, I and, do and how quite has, a lot of work around inclusion. And how, what, what triggered you? Because you kind of, you think so big. So hmm. what triggered this? Was there something in your childhood or was there an experiment, experience or was there a person? What, what was it? Where does it come from? Do you know? Uh, I think, yes, I think I do. Um, <laughs> look, I grew up in uh, a part of Harlem that is, um, incredibly multicultural. So I was very lucky in the sense that um, it was, and it, not just multicultural, it was incredibly diverse. So I was very lucky in the sense that I um, was brought up surrounded by uh, a, a, a wide amount of, of different people mm. um, in terms of socioeconomic status, uh, in terms of um, 
uh, a cultural background. Um, and, and I think I noticed from a very young age how much I love that, uh, how much I love that sense of diversity. Um, but I think consciously, and I should say, I always had a huge sense for social justice. Okay. I mean, that was just, that was just, um, I guess, ingrained in me. So even as a younger person, I thought a lot about justice. Okay. Um, what's right? Um, and wh what am I, what am I going to do with that, with this? And I think for me, what really kind of pushed me in, in uh, into the, the, I guess, the field uh, that I work in now um, is uh, moving to South Africa in 2005. Um, I think for me, that was the first time that I moved into spaces where I would be the only white person, yeah. uh, where I would be the only woman. Um, and just in general, being in South Africa that has such a, a, a rich history of which the Netherlands also forms a very um, specific part, it just made me super aware of uh, my identity and, and specifically certain aspects of my identity, identity my whiteness, uh, my socialization, but was that a good feeling, a pleasant feeling, or was it um, <laughs> was it a bad feeling, or like how would you? Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I I try not to think in, in good and bad. Scared right? about or what <laughs> was it? How was that um, feeling? It was definitely a very uncomfortable. Okay, uh, but but the good thing is I love uncomfortable because uncomfortable leads to growth, and I'm a growth junkie. But there's also been a lot of situations, uh, both in South Africa and in the Netherlands, by the way, you know, where you are confronted with outright racism, for example. And um, it's really been a journey for me to uh, to get an understanding of, yeah, how do I relate to that? And what can I actually do? Um, what can I say? What can I do to remain in connection with this person? Um and also be true and be real to my own integrity. And that's been a journey and a half. And that's a journey that's never ending. I know that I'm still on it. And that's the thing, like with this, with this work, you know, this inclusion journey. You know, I, I'm still, I'm still learning, right? That I'm is true. Although you're time. also doing quite a lot of amazing work because you're really working in it right now. So you are making steps and you have made steps and you're helping others along as well. Because I remember that we had this talk a few, a few weeks ago during some drinks and that you, that we spoke about diversity and inclusion. And you said, everybody is different. That's just mm. a fact. Eh? Diversity is about all the ways that we can be different. So that everybody is, is unique in itself. And you also mentioned that diversity is then the way that we deal with that, the, the differences, those differences. You said that uh, diversity is about that people have a seat on the table, that they can share their thoughts and then speak up their mind that they can actually participate and that they can decide as well, all up to their, uh, as we call it, capability. 
Uh, and you also gave an example of, of the bicycles. And I remember that example and I shared it later with someone else. And she was really impressed by that one. So could you share this example <laughs> with us as well? Yeah, well, I'm very impressed with you right now because you obviously paid attention <laughs> in our conversation, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so diversity, like you said, is a fact, right? I mean, yeah. there's just, we're all different. Um, inclusion is uh, how we how we deal with those, uh, with those differences. And um, the example of the bicycle uh, is one that I, I use a lot because we often talk about uh, equality. Yeah. Um, you know, that everybody should have equal rights. And there's a huge difference between equality and equity, which is uh, which is what I see as uh, the work that I want to do, is to ensure that we create an equitable world. Um, and the difference between equality and equity is that when you treat everyone equally, um, that means that uh, hey, if we take the bicycle uh, the bicycle example, that means that you would just give everybody a bike. Right. So what you're trying to do is that you're trying to help people or facilitate people to be able to transport themselves from A to B. So say you have me and then you have this little guy, you know, and you have this uh, you have this person who's in a, uh, who's in a wheelchair. And, um, you know, you have these different people with different kind of aspects of who they are as people. So you can give them all a bike, you know, you can give them all the same bike, but obviously that's not going to work, right? Because I mean, I'll get on that like standard kind of bike and, and cycle off, but the little guy, I mean, or the person in the wheelchair, it's just not going to fly. And that's where uh, equitability comes from. So that's what equity is about. Um, it's about looking at different people and seeing it and looking at okay so what is it that we're trying to do and what is actually needed for that person in order to be able to um uh, to fully um yeah to fully join in yeah and how do you see that happening at at all on the organizations you work with so what, what is their challenge in that area Oh, I, th I mean, I think I think there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, let's start with that, um, because I mean, the world is rapidly changing, mm -hmm. and the world has become incredibly complex. And the opportunity of being conscious around inclusion is that you're going to make your life a lot more easier when it comes to uh, trying to find solutions for complex problems, right? Because if we want to, if we want to find solutions for, uh, if we want to deal with the complexity that is today, we need those different perspectives. Um, we need that kind of, we need the innovation that is brought by different perspectives. But also, a lot of the time we try and find, we create solutions for problems without talking to the people that are actually impacted. Right. So and I see that a lot in government where I've spent uh, some of my time, um, we kind of we kind of, yeah, create we create solutions without having spoken to people. And um, that's bizarre, and that's, isn't it? And it's, it's bizarre, but it's also detrimental. Yeah. 
Um, so I really see a huge opportunity in uh, in inclusion, in the sense that um, yeah, it's it's just gonna to pay attention to inclusion uh, means that you're going to have an opportunity to um, not to easily find solutions to to issues. Yeah, what I see happening is that especially with with wicked problems like sustainability or combating poverty or you have you have so many like the climate crisis etc. These are so incredibly complex. You can only beat with with part of that if you include the system, which means that you have to invite different perspectives, mm-hmm. like governmental parties, knowledge institutions, um, uh, businesses, social organizations, what have you. And then you can have really rich conversations. But even there, I see the, uh, the the opportunity for people to actually also have some some guidance and some help on that. Uh, in practice, I see happening that people are putting a lot of experts together and then assume that that will work out. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a good facilitation or good moderation, you can actually really create a shared goal and a shared dream where you can work towards and really focus on the collaborative collaboration in that sense because collaboration is often thought of oh we can do that uh, it's easy peasy but that's not the case it's incredibly mm. complex and that's also part of it isn't it I think it's a very important part of it. And I think, because you asked me about challenges. So one of the challenges is that we're, uh, as humans, we often really live in our own little bubble. And we're not so used to um, interacting with uh, people who think radically differently from uh, from the way we do, who have a radically different uh, lived experience, etc., and um, and that is actually a really important uh, aspect of uh, of collaboration, is to kind of kind of almost sensitize our system to uh, to the discomfort that comes with uh, interacting with people who are different from us. Yeah, because um, thinking differently, we often feel that that we're kind of attacked or something. Well. Even the people who have the biggest fights, like neighbors, etc., if they're really listening to each other's story and trying to uh, tell each other's story in their own words, but then mm-hmm. with the same purpose or meaning, is completely incredibly complex. But the moment that they start really listening and really to understand, then often the, the issue falls away mm-hmm. just by understanding each other's sides, and then they can they can basically team up and make it better. Mm, yeah, and it's also very counter uh, counterintuitive for a lot of people to do that. It's not what you um, learn. It's Easy. not what we learn, and it's definitely also not something that is generally encouraged in kind of our Western uh, society. We're very competitive, right? Very individualistic. Super competitive. Super competitive. Very individualistic, and I mean that. And I mean that has been a huge thing for me uh, living in an African country for uh, over a decade, uh, almost a decade and a half is yeah. that I've really experienced the power of, um, of the collective. Um, and like, the, the Ubuntu. The, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's starting to become an overused word, right? But yes. Ubuntu is real. 
Um, but it's but it's a different framework. Can you explain um, uh, Ubuntu to the people who might not know about it? Oh God, yeah, of course, because uh, because I'm very diff- I'm very bad with like off the top definitions. But basically, Ubuntu. Let me explain it, what it means for me. Is that uh, oh, I'd love that. It's a beautiful uh, expression. The what is it again? The sum of its parts. Yeah, well, like I am because we are. Well, I am because we are, yes, but also um, together we are more than the sum of our parts. Yeah, it's like one and um, one and one is like 60,000 if you do it well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I fully agree. I really love that as well. Yeah, when I was in finance and working at a bank, uh, I used to have uh, a squad, like a group of people who were supporting uh, a group of leaders, like 14 leaders who were overseeing 1,100 people. And we called our squad, we called it Ubuntu, uh, really to to help those leaders uh, become like that they they together with with the people who are actually doing the work, that they become one in that sense, having one purpose and then jointly all uh, beings being in their own unique powers and unique strengths, working towards that shared goal, which was awesome. Yeah, and that's the important part of Ubuntu, right? And uh, also of uh, my personal belief with regards to inclusion is that uh, we're not supposed to become one, right? We're supposed to become everything that we are. Yeah, like the, the, the unique, unique we are puzzle pieces in that sense, and we have our own our, our unique flavors. Mm. And the the. Um, I think the secret sauce is in being your own unique person and always putting the collective first and truly believing that as a collective, you can create more than you could ever do by yourself. Um, and yeah, and that's what, um, and, and that is a huge difference between collective cultures and, uh, and individual cultures, of course. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, uh, I'm no longer living in South Africa, right? I'm Are living, living in here. So what do you do with that story um, right now? And, uh, and of course, I mean, here I deal with organizations that are um, if very Western and very linear and very individualistic in their uh, in their thinking. And, um, and that means that, yeah, organizations in the Netherlands, in Western Europe, um, definitely have some challenges when it comes to uh, uh when it comes to inclusion um and that one of those challenges is that the mindset is often um one of uh i love uh, carol dweck's uh work and that's in that regard uh you know the uh, uh her work around the growth mindset um you know the difference between a growth man's mindset and um the other one uh, where you uh, are you familiar with that work not sure carol so. twicks a uh, growth mindset it's all about believing that you know on the one hand you have the belief that you kind of uh, come into this world and your uh, your capabilities are set mm-hmm. um, whereas on the other hand there's the belief of a growth mindset mm-hmm. that you can learn anything as long as you work for it, you can learn anything. And um, and interestingly enough, that also has a huge impact on, um, on how we look at each other. So what you see a lot, I think, in our, uh, in our Western society 
is that we uh, is that we look at the world as being it is what it is, um, and it's not it's not very easy to change. My capability my capabilities aren't uh, easy to change, um, and as a result, um, yeah, we just we relate to each other in a uh, in a very different in a very different way. So what um, would your advice be to people who have not read this book but might be interested? Like what would be a key takeaway for them to get started on this? <laughs> curiosity. Um, I mean, uh, I'm just quickly looking up because I, I can't handle the fact that um, I don't know what the opposite of a growth mindset is right now. But um uh, fixed, of course, it's fixed. Yeah, the growth and as opposed to the the fixed mindset. Yeah, so you can't um, do anything about it. it. Is what it is. That mindset. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That the the fixed mindset, which makes yes, total yes. sense, right? I think um, a big one is to uh, is to be yeah is to be curious and to challenge yourself in believing that maybe um, yeah you can change. You know, maybe things can change. And your organization as well. Your organization, um, the people in the organization, the culture in the organization, um, that things aren't set in stone, uh, that it really is, um, you know, all of us together that make up uh, the make up the, the system. So, you know, the thing is, like, in our environments, we often avoid challenges, because we're afraid to fail, right? Because failure is like huge in our uh, in our society. Um, but if you can embrace challenges, is if you can embrace the uh, the discomfort, um, you can actually come to something that you maybe thought was totally unbelievable. You know. Um, and it's the same with feedback. Like we're not very good giving feedback in our society because we're afraid of the backlash, I guess. Um, but actually feedback is this incredible thing that allows us to connect. And to grow. It, it helps us to understand each other, right? By giving feedback, you don't just say something about how you, uh, what you think of the other person. No, you also actually share something around what's important to you. Yeah, what are your beliefs? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. you find important, what is for your view a priority? Hey, and then a last question. What is your hope for the future? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I One of my hopes for my future is that we'll, that will remain hopeful uh, because I, ho I think hope is an incredibly important driver uh, to keep making change. Um, I hope, I hope that we keep doing what we're doing, uh, that we keep um, being, you know, participants in this huge experiment uh, called the universe um, that will keep learning that will keep connecting, that will keep loving, um, and that as a result will step by step create a world that really works 
not just for a couple of people, um, but that really works for everyone and everything. Yeah, a very um, inclusive world. Yeah. And not just people, like everything, the whole system. Because nice. it's all interconnected. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Would you like to know more about Tessa and her work? I've also added a link to the show notes. If you feel this podcast was interesting to you, then please review it by giving it a five-point star rating and share it with your network. So even more people can become inspired. By following this podcast, you can stay tuned for more inspiring episodes.